Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Phil Iazetta. Joining us on the Five Minute Talk Show hotline is a guy you know. Everyone knows this guy. He's a comedian, an actor, a best selling author, and I hear one hell of a coach, too. He'll be at the Levity Live in a beautiful part of the country, Nyack, New York. Well, I don't know if it's beautiful anymore. Jay Moore joining us on the hotline. What is Nyack like these days? I haven't been there in about 10 years. I haven't been there in about 10 years either, but I know one thing. It's going to be beautiful this weekend, Phil. If I'm going up there, we're going to have a good time. People laughing, that's good for property value. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it definitely is. That's why L.A. is through the roof right now, because you live there. That's right. Now, one you thing want your I price of uh, your house to go up? Just go out on the sidewalk and start giggling when people come to look at your house. <laughs> or live near you, because let me tell you, you are one of those infectious guys. When you're around you, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, like you're going to get West Nile or something. When you walk in a building, and I'm not just talking a room, when Jay Moore walks in a building, the attitude of everyone changes. Now, have you been told that before? Because you're like a ray of sunshine everywhere you go, at least my experience with you. Well, I was curious what you meant, like your attitude changes. It could have been for the negative. I don't know. I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware in real time like that people's attitudes are changing because I'm in the building. I know one-on-one, like when I see you and you and I smile together, that's what I can control. Well, what I'm well, I, I like at, that. Like what that's, I'm getting at that's is my the high, memories. You know? The memories, Jay. I mean, you were responsible. Oh, I got you. Yeah. It, well, that's it, the thing with being a comedian. When people see you, they feel like they know you because you made them laugh in their home. Like if you've done a sitcom or you've done like Ghost Whisperer, Gary Unmarried, or Action. So, or on a radio show, if you have a radio show, they listen to you on their schedule. So, and podcasts specifically, they listen to my podcast when they can listen to me on my podcast so i'm entirely on their time so then when they see me in real life they feel like they know me and people come up to me in the you know airports or stores or whatever and it used to be where do i know you from because there's a lot of different shows and now i've noticed people just smile and they go hey jay and i just go hey hey how you doing if they listen to the podcast they'll say jj i know that's as a podcast listener but uh so i guess i do notice what you're saying yeah well, that the I, temperature sort of spikes a bit. Well, whether it's the East Coast or West Coast, and that's rare for me, because on the East Coast, you know, you have your niche guys. I mean, for, for God's sake, Jay, they don't even know who Billy Joel is on the West Coast for the most part. So, you know, for someone to be popular on both coasts and get that reaction, and I'm talking about when I'm in the iHeartRadio building anywhere across the country, you walk in, people are like, oh, my God, you know who's in the building. It, it's just Jay Moore equals happiness for some reason i, I don't know why Is it wow NL? can i use that jay moore equals happiness that, that's that's the name of my new tour that's a good yeah. one, brother that's nice i'll well, take it it's true because let me run down you, what people know you from i mean jerry Maguire. yeah you were a hated guy but at the same time it was that love to hate character you know and, and people wow. really loved you in jerry Maguire. saturday night live for me is where I noticed you and where I fell in love with you and your talents. I mean, your cast, you were with Sandler. Uh, wasn't Chris Rock part of your cast? I mean, Norm MacDonald. I missed, I missed Chris by one year. It was Sandler. It was Farley. It was Rob Schneider, David Spade, Timmy Meadows, Julia Sweeney, Kevin Nealon, and um, Phil Hartman, Phil of course. Hart, right. and Ellen. Yeah. So that's, that's all in the... Uh, 
that was that was a good time, man. It was interesting because when we were doing the show Saturday Night Live, all the headlines were like Saturday Night Dead. Everybody said how unfunny the show had become, and I realized that's just par for the course for a show like that. The media just likes to take out their slingshots and take shots at you once in a while. Because in hindsight, man, those were some damn funny shows. Motivational speaker alone carried the two years I was there. Jesus. Uh, but wait a minute. Your rock and roll real estate agent, I mean, was one of those. David Duchovny, Julianne Moore. I mean, you talk about the cast that you guys had. And that's why SNL, to me, it just, you were part of that golden era. Yeah, people say the 70s and Chevy Chase and all that. You can keep those guys. Because when you're talking Sandler, Jay Moore, Phil Hartman, you could stop there. I mean, and then you throw in. No, you got you got you to stop after Farley. After Farley was that's what I was the biggest, brightest star on earth I've ever been around. I worked with Eddie Murphy, Al Pacino, Tom Cruise. Chris Farley was like having the sun on your back at all times, and I wasn't like buddies with him. I mean, I was friendly with him because we worked together. I'm not some phony to be like we were such close friends. It wasn't like that, but I did get to see him every day at work. And when he walked into a room, it was like you just started giggling. You had no power. He was the most powerful man I'd ever seen in my life. You want to talk about somebody? that made the temperature in a room change. He just made it springtime no matter where he was. He was the most beautiful man I ever met in my life. Now, when you do a sketch with Farley, and I've seen some of the greats, and I mean greats, lose it with Farley, how hard was it? Because, you know, Lauren didn't like when people cracked up, I heard. So what, how hard was it to stay straight when Farley was just in the room, let alone in a sketch live? Well, in the room, you'd have to hold it in, so you couldn't not laugh because he could do things he couldn't do on camera. Like, he could pull his pants down and, like, you know, <laughs> do terrible things. But, like, in a sketch, it was impossible. Like, I was in three motivational speaker sketches, and I noticed Chris knew where the cameras were at all times. So when he knew the camera was only on you, he would talk to you cross-eyed. And when the camera switched back to the two of you, he would stop being cross-eyed. And the audience is wondering why you're giggling. But what the audience doesn't know is when it was your solo shot, your close-up, he's going, how about you, young fella? And his eyes are crossed, and he's all sweaty and spitty. Chris would also do this thing like he would rub your head how you, like, muss a little kid's head, a hair up, you know what I mean? But you're all wearing wigs. So when you do that with somebody wearing a wig, the wig just starts sliding on the side of your face, and you don't know if you're supposed to fix it on live TV or just let it slide off your face. It was... It was like being on, honestly, it was like almost exactly like being on mushrooms. Like you didn't know what reality was, but you sort of did. And you just had one toe in the water of what you think should happen. Just keep breathing and it'll be over soon. Somebody's going to say, and cut eventually. But you didn't even know you were in a sketch after a while. It was insane. It was amazing. Jay Moore joining us on the hotline. Now, Jay, that whole cast, you know, you mentioned those greats. And then learning from someone like Lauren Michaels, being a stand-up comic at, what, 16 is when you started? When you got to be a cast member and you got to work directly with Lauren Michaels, what did that mean to you inside, the little kid inside of you? What did that mean? Well, it wasn't real for like a year because it, it just it's so impossible that it could even happen. So that's I think the reason I got Saturday Night Live, though, was I never at any time thought I had any shot at getting Saturday Night Live. So I didn't have any pressure on myself. Like, I remember my audition, all the comedians were in, like, their funny clothes and practicing their lines. And I remember I was at the bar just drinking beer. Like, I don't have a shot at this. I was in sweatpants. I was in an East Stroudsburg wrestling camp of champs T-shirt and just a pair of sneakers with no socks. I just thought there's no way on earth I'm getting this, so why stress out about it? And that's probably what separated me from the pack is, I was the one guy that just was sort of defiant 
And, you know, you'll hear stories historically about people being really upset with Lauren Michaels, but I don't understand why, because at the end of the day, he could have said him to anybody. You know, there's seven and a half billion people on planet Earth. And for some reason that night, he looked at me and he said, I want Jay Moore. Let's do it. So I'm just grateful to Lauren. And he was always cool with me. You know, I never had any problems with him. And if I, if I had a meeting with him, he gave it to me straight. If he was upset with me, he gave it to me straight. One time there was a motivational speaker sketch in between dress rehearsal and air. Lauren Michaels was going over the technical stuff where the camera should be. And he goes, and Jay, is it asking too much that you don't laugh during the sketch? And I just went, no. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, that's actually asking too much. I, that's, it was that's the like, it was the motivational speaker sketch where Chris only spoke tried to only speak in Spanish. It was yes, the Spanish motivational yes. speaker. But Chris couldn't read the cue cards unless his glasses were off. So he kept fixing his glasses on off on off between English and Spanish, and it was just it was madness. So we just cracked up laughing. Do you think that experience with Lauren helped you? I mean, because was wasn't it that same or same year or a couple years later that you made? I think probably the biggest movie of, of my existence in Jerry Maguire. You talk about a film that crossed over into every single demographic, sports, females, male. I mean, everyone watched that movie and you had such an incredible part. Do you think that experience with Lauren, that great cast, Farley, how much did that play into that performance? I don't think it played into the. I don't think it played into the performance. I think it played into my behavior, going to work every day. Because when you work with Farley and Sandler and Phil Hartman, these are the biggest stars in the world, right. and these guys are just being inundated with like requests. They have to do like Farley and uh, you know Tommy Boy was out. I'm pretty sure Tommy Boy was out at the time, my second season, and like uh, Sandler did a couple movies like. Uh, Happy Gilmore came out while he was still on the show. So you watch these guys get like, boom, huge, famous immediately. And so you're suddenly working with the hottest star of the day right now, all of a sudden, he's just sitting across from you talking to you. So then I think that helped me a lot. Like when I had to go audition with Tom Cruise, it kept me from being particularly intimidated and just realize it's just the job that you have in that moment. And by the way, like I know a lot of people get intimidated. I'm not like some savant where, like the higher the stakes, the less freaked out I get. But that is sort of how it goes with me. I'm I'm the outlier because when you audition for something like Jerry Maguire, you're reading with a casting director from the San Fernando Valley four different times. And she's not an actress. She's just a middle-aged woman, like reading the lines sort of pretty good like this. And then by the time you get to Tom Cruise, there's like the best actor in the world across from you reading it. So it, it can only be better. Do you know what I mean? So I just felt fired up to be doing it at that level. I wasn't like, oh, great, now it's Tom, I'm going to choke. I was like, no, now it's Tom. It's like getting batting practice fastballs. Let's hit him out of the park. I mean, for you to hit that out of the park, though, and you did, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing that role, Jay. I mean, you were so good. Every Somebody every... was supposed to play it. Do you know this? Who was supposed to play it? Who? Owen Wilson. Oh, Owen totally Wilson, there was an offer because, totally because he did – he did Bottle Rocket with James Brooks, the producer of Jerry Maguire and The Simpsons and stuff. And uh, when I auditioned, they had to rescind his offer and they gave it to me. That rarely happens in Hollywood. But it was supposed to be it was supposed to be Owen Wilson, who maybe I do a little bit of an impression of Owen Wilson. What, what are we doing with our lives here? We're not in Jerry Maguire anymore. 
Hey, I love Owen Wilson, and I think, you know, all the movies he does are great. I mean, Wedding Crashers, great movie. The guy doesn't miss. I've never seen him miss in a movie in my life. Well, the one he did with Jackie Chan, that was a little rough. <laughs> the one guy didn't speak English. I mean, it's not his fault. One guy didn't speak any English. It's not, it's not Owen Wilson's fault. But you do Jerry Maguire, Jay, okay? You're, you're a stand-up comic at heart, and you do all this great acting stuff. Everyone in Hollywood knows who you are. Then Comedy Central names you one of the 100 greatest of all time. Is that like the cherry on the cake? Because the company you're with on that list, that's the best of the best. It was That was sort of bigger than Jerry Maguire because I'm a comedian, period. Like, I was born a comedian, and acting is stuff I've gotten because I've been great at comedy. And when that list came out, there was no politicking, nobody like, no manager or agents on my part like called Comedy Central and said, could you move him up the list? Could he be in the top 40 instead of the top 60 or what? And you just look at the list and you just, it's, it's, it was humbling. But then there's also a moment, if like you and me have been friends like for decades, bro, I'll tell you straight up. There's a moment where you realize I absolutely belong in this list and I belong higher up on this list. Like there's people, a typical comedian, you look at the list of where you are in the top 100 comedians of all time. And you look at like the first guy right in front of you, and you're like, "Oh, come on, I'm better than that guy." <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't move me up one. That like, guy what? Emo Phillips? What? Yeah, emo Emo Phillips is ten spots ahead of me. I mean, I respect him at all, but he can't hold my jock live. What are you gonna do? And that wasn't a knock on Emo. It just you just know what I mean. You, you just you can't really be that exceptional at something unless you believe you're exceptional you're at something before you become exceptional at something. The best quote I heard about that, about it's because uh, I coach high school wrestling in LA at Palisades High, and I just saw this quote on Instagram. It said, champions act like champions long before they're champions. So I sort of acted like I was the SH long before I was, and that probably turned a lot, I know that turned a lot of people off, but you know, I know that right now I'm the greatest living comedian. If that sounds like I'm being a jerk, I'm not. It just is what it is. You come see me live, you're not going to be able to tell me that wasn't the best show you ever saw in your life. Well, that's why people need to check you out. And and if they can't make it to Levity Live in Nyack, and by the way, Friday night, two shows. So if you are in the tri-state area, go out to Nyack. I mean, you could take a train from the city and get there in four. Yeah, there's no, there's no Manhattan dates this trip. It's West Nyack and it's back to Malibu. So this is... This is it until I'm back and uh, I'll be in New Jersey, I think, in like November. But if you're anywhere near West Nyack, look, I got to get on a plane and fly five hours to come. So don't give me that like, well, it's an hour from my house business because you're 3,000 miles from me. I'm showing up. So let's fill it. Let's fill Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. And get everybody pregnant with Tracy Morgan. (laughs) That's why people have no excuse. I'm trying to tell people they need to go to more than one show because you have two shows on Friday, 7.30, 9.45. Saturday, another two shows, 7 and 9.30. And then Sunday at 7. So people don't have an excuse. You need to check out Jay Moore tickets. I heard under 30 bucks. So if they want to see you, that's probably the cheapest ticket in town to see one of the best, biggest names definitely in Nyack this weekend. I'll tell you, I like that you're promoting multiple shows because if you see me do like a 7.30 show, then you come to the 9.30 show, you'll think you're seeing a different comedian because I never, I can't do the same hour every show. I got to have fun for me. So 
I would say out of an hour show, 45 minutes of it is completely different every single night. And you've seen that firsthand, you know, I've me working it, in Vegas. I'm telling people they need to go to more than one show. I mean, come on. When Comedy Central says one of the 100 greatest of all time, that's not today. That's of all time. So if you look at that list, go on Comedy Central. The list is still there. You'll see this guy. Then look at SNL. All the What, how many sketches? 50-something sketches you did, I think, on SNL. So you know funny. I do know funny, and I know what I'm doing now is the best I've been, and that's this is my new tour, the Daddy Issues tour, and I'm just, I just got a new life inside me. I got a new blood. I went through sort of hell and back. I had a divorce, went through a custody battle. I wound up okay. I went through some mental health issues, and I'm back on my feet. And uh, you were really kind to ask me how I was doing off the air, and I'm just gonna tell you, man, like I feel like a number three hitter. You know, your best hitter hits third, and you know you got first and second, nobody out, and then the third hitter walks up to the plate, you got a problem. And that's, that's how I feel. Like if you come I'll, see I'll me do stand-up comedy. I'll do one better. Yeah. Your comedy's Manny Pacquiao. How about that? He lost to some teacher in Australia. Then he comes back and wins a title at what? 40 watts. <laughs> so Jay Moore. I want my comedy. I want my comedy to be Ali. I want it to be all the way. I don't want no losses in my comedy, man. No <laughs> way. So far, so good. I'm Money done. You come see me do stand-up comedy. If you can look at me in the eye and tell me that wasn't the best comedy show you'd ever seen in your life, I will hand you your money back on the spot and tell you I'm sorry, but it ain't going to happen. Better nickname, because I know you're a sports guy. We're going to call you J Money Moore from now on. Money Moore. And it ain't my money. It's their money. They, you spend your money. I'll never, I will never betray that trust. If you spend money to come see me do comedy, you've got jobs you don't even like. So if you're going to spend that money in a job you hate and come see me do stand-up, I'm never going to break that trust. I'm going to make sure you're the greatest night of your damn life. That's a I fact. Five shows this weekend, West Nyack, New York, Jay Moore. If you miss them this time, go to the website. You can always check him out on the podcast. I guarantee you he will be at a town near you within the year. Guaranteed. As Christopher Walken might say, there's five shows. Whoa, it seems like too many, but it's not. It's just enough. You go to jaymoore.com, you know where he's coming to your town to make you laugh. It's crazy. Jay, thank you so much for the time. Have a safe trip out east. Yeah, Phil, look at everybody pregnant. I love you, brother, always. You got my number 24-7. As they say in Hawaii, if can, can. If no can, no can. But if I can help you anyway, I'm helping. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5minutetalkshow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.